we would know that you are present. That we would remove any kind of barriers that would be in our way to stop us from worship. And Father, that we would celebrate joy to the world through Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. It was November the 1st, 1980. I remember it very well. I was a student at Mississippi State University and it was a football Saturday and we played our home games at the time when Jeannie and I were in school in Jackson, Mississippi at Memorial Stadium and we were playing Alabama on November the 1st, 1980. Now Alabama had a coach named Bear Bryant who was pretty good in those days. Alabama was ranked number one in the country. They'd been on the cover of Sports Illustrated that week. And we had not beaten them in my lifetime, and I was, oh, 21 years old that year. So it had been quite a while. State was pretty good that year, but nobody gave us much of a chance. And so I went to the game. Could take it pretty close within 20 feet, probably where I was sitting that day, because a lot went on. I was with a bunch of guys, a bunch of friends of mine. This was before I met St. Jeannie, and so I just was hanging out with guys back then. Uh, but I was aware that girls existed. In fact, there was a row of pretty ones in front of us. And so a bunch of guys, a bunch of gals. And so I remember telling my friend beside me, if we win this game, I'm hugging this girl in front of me. Never met her before, didn't know who she was, but if we won, I was going to have a pretty girl in front of me. And lo and behold, Mississippi State beat Alabama and had bumper stickers made. I was there when we beat the Bear. They beat them six to three. And when the game was over and everybody was rejoicing, my prophecy came true when I hugged the girl in front of me. Why do I tell you this story 34 years later? There are benefits to rejoicing. There are benefits to rejoicing. You can let that soak in for just <laughs> Not in my notes, but I have thought this week a lot about Russell Young. If you were with us a year ago, you remember our venture of music, Russell. Um, I believe it was the second week of December that Russell went to heaven. I think it was the eighth. Uh, and I, I remember so much about Russell. Uh, I remember, well, joy. Wouldn't that apply to Russell? Those of you that remember Russell, he died way too early. Uh, but I've thought about joy as I've thought about Russell this week. And he's a great example that we can have joy even still. There are benefits to now, while the game was fun, it had no eternal consequences, I realized that. The celebration was short-lived, the party ended, the happiness was temporary. That's what the world gives us, temporary happiness. But God offers us something much, much better, eternal, everlasting joy. Three Old Testament verses I wanted us to look at as we begin. Psalm 1611 says this about joy. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Then in Psalm 32, 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. And now on to Psalm 68, 
verse 3. But let the righteous be joyful. Let them exalt before God. Let them be jubilant with joy. I want you to see the key in these verses that is so important. The key, and they all talk about joy, but in Psalm 1611, it uses these words, in your presence. In Psalms 32:11, it uses these words, in the Lord. And in Psalm 68:3, it uses these words, before God. So, in your presence there is joy. If you're in the Lord, you will rejoice. And the righteous will be joyful before God. The key to joy is the connection, a direct connection to God. In fact, couldn't joy be defined as celebrating God's presence? Celebrating God's presence. When we realize that, when we remember that, there ought to be joy. When we forget that, we're in trouble. So stay plugged in, stay close to God, and joy will be yours. Let's look at a familiar New Testament story, example from Christmas that we have to celebrate. One of my favorite stories every year, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. My friends, the shepherds. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration. It was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered or taxed. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. I love the phrase, great joy for all the people. <laughs> I think that includes us here today, not just the shepherds, but all of us. If we meet the qualifications of staying close and staying connected, being in God, before God, being in His presence. Sadly, we live in a world where many are disconnected. Watch the news, read the paper, and we all see it. All of us need to be on guard and careful or we'll be like the rest of the world and our joy will be gone. But when we stay connected, we're protected regardless of circumstances. Look how the prophet Habakkuk talks about joy regardless of circumstance. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. Though the fig tree does not blossom and no fruit is on the vines, though the produce of the olive fails, and the fields yield to the food. Though the flock is cut off from the fold, and there's no herd in the stall. This is bad news in verse 17. I lived in farm country, and this is famine. This is bad. This is disastrous when this occurs. 
But look what happens as Habakkuk reflects in verses 18 and 19, putting things into perspective. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exult in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. It makes me tread upon the heights. Habakkuk teaches us about joy in spite of situations. I told you earlier about my friend, Christina, who went to heaven this week. I texted with her husband, Tim, this morning. And Tim would agree with verse 17 in his life, there's no blooming, there's no fruit. It's a bad day. Yet he would also agree with what Habakkuk goes on to say, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I'll exalt in the God of my salvation. That is, in fact, what's going to sustain him through these next days and weeks and years, regardless of the horrible circumstance he finds himself in today, he'll still be able to have joy. Life can be hard, we all know that. Our prayer life is proof of how difficult things can be, private and public, our prayer list. Just this week I've had two friends die. And for the families that makes Christmas tough. Our family will have an empty place at the holiday table this year. Maybe yours will too. There are so many joy robbers. And yet, as Helen read to us earlier, Philippians 4.4 tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And we at times read that and we look at the world around us and we scratch our heads and we wonder how. How can we be joyful with all this stuff? going on. The Excedrin Headache Research Center, I'm not making this one up, the Excedrin Headache Research Center made a list of 10 joy robbers. Maybe you can identify them. Fighting crowds and traffic. You can lose your religion in Atlanta with that one, can't you? Not getting enough sleep. Not having enough time is number three. Number four, spending too much money. Number five, eating or drinking too much. Number six, skipping meals. Number seven, cooking and cleaning. Number eight, getting together with friends and family. <laughs> Kate's really laughing at that. We're going to have to find out why that one really got <laughs> Number nine, long car, plane, or train trips. And number ten, interesting, being away from friends and these are the things that can rob us of our joy. There are others. But we have something as Christians that the world does not have. We have Christ. It's an ace in the hole. It's a trump card. It's a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's an immunity. As Christians, we have exactly what we need for joy in all situations, we have a relationship with Christ. And the coming of Jesus makes us people of joy when we are reminded, when we remember, when we connect. I received some Christmas cards this week, and one of them came from dear friends in Mississippi and found out that uh, she has leukemia. The card didn't talk about leukemia. The card said, Merry Christmas. Joy to the 
Cheryl, no matter what happens, will be okay because she's connected. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says it better than I can say, no matter what the difficulties are you're facing. I'm convinced nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death or life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let us pray.